0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Work Hard, to Detire Early podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Hadaway. Today, we are talking with John Pearl, who is a 12-year veteran of the nuclear power industry. And when he got word that the plant he worked at was closing down, he decided that rather than finding another job, he'd buy real estate and seek financial independence. After founding Asmuth Capital Group, he hadn't looked back. So how are you today, John?
1: I'm doing well. Appreciate you having me on the show, Joseph.
0: Oh, yeah, of course. Thank you for coming on.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: So, when did you find out that the plant was closing, and you know, decided you need to do something different with your life?
1: Right. So, the talk of shutting down the plant began probably around 2017, and then I think around 2019, at least as far as I can remember, that was when a firm deadline was set, Mm -hmm. and everybody kind of started scrambling. Some people are preparing themselves. Some people are hoping a miracle happens. So of course I wanted to be prepared and right around the same time, I began getting very interested in real estate investing. So at the time I was interested in investing in single family residences, uh, probably in the, the South somewhere in Tennessee, I went to college in Tennessee, so I was looking in that area. Uh, but I quickly learned about multifamily real estate, which is, uh, or commercial multifamily. So anything five units or more. So I started learning a lot about that and decided that I wanted to become a full-time real estate investor by 2025, which is when the plant is closing down.
0: Makes sense. So when, when you heard the plant was closing down, looking back to you know, 2019, did you, did you know you're going to leap straight into real estate vesting or what spurred that step in your mind?
1: So I I did not know that I was going to jump straight into it, but, um, I kind of, (laughs) I kind of just made the decision to go for it. And I, I, you know, like I said, I didn't want to be left without too many options when the time came that it was going to shut down. So, uh, you know, I've. I just kind of dove in. I've, I've gotten into some mentorship programs. Uh, so I've, I'm working with experienced operators who, who have relevant experience for what I'm trying to do and I've invested alongside of them. So that's, that that's key in getting to where I want to be as far as uh, doing this full-time and the people I'm working with have quit their jobs and they're full-time real estate investors. So, uh, that's, that's kind of the avenue I took regard to that.
0: Definitely a good company to keep.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And you mentioned earlier, that, you know you primarily invest in multifamily real estate. What advantages do you see in that over say single family or business rental?
1: Sure. So I'm not too familiar with uh, the, the commercial or business rental side, but the, I can, I can tell you a little bit about the differences between single family and multifamily. So we focus on five units or more, uh, more than likely 60 units or more is, uh, you know, our target area between 60 and 100. But once you get to five units or more in residential real estate, it becomes commercial real estate. And the big thing with commercial real estate, commercial residential is that you can force appreciation. So instead of with single family residences, you have to rely on comparable properties that have recently sold in the local market, local sub market, instead of relying on that, you get to kind of create your own destiny. You get to force appreciation and the way, the way a multifamily property is valued is based off how much income it generates. So say um, to keep it simple, the objective is to lower the expenses and to increase the income. So a couple ways to do that for expenses you target properties that have poor management. You target properties that are being run by maybe a, a mom and pop type owner, like a family family owned. They've maybe had the property in their family for a generation or so, and it's being run poorly. They're wasting money in certain areas. So that's a good way to lower the expenses. Uh, ways you can increase the income is you target properties that currently have market rents below value. So say uh, you got two properties that are very, very similar on the same street. One of them's bringing $1,000 in per unit a month in rent, and the other one's bringing $700 a month in rent, but they're very similar. Maybe one's been upgraded recently. So you wanna upgrade the other unit that you're planning on purchasing, the other you know building, and you bring it up to the standard that the other one's at, so you can achieve the same rent. So, those are just a couple basic ways you can decrease expenses, increase income, and increase the overall value of the property, forcing value.
0: I hear you. And let me also ask you this. So, when you're looking at commercial real estate, obviously, you know, you can't just knock on the door and ask for the owner. Where do you find these deals?
1: Right. So, instead of knocking on the door you are there are ways to look up uh, who owns these places and there's a there's a couple of ways to do that you can do direct mail marketing uh, but also there's you know there's commercial brokers just like uh, you know residential if you're going to buy your personal residence there's commercial brokers you can create relationships with uh, but but my strategy that I've been utilizing is more so just networking with other people who are doing what I'm doing you know, multifamily is a team game. It's not, uh, it's very rare that you see somebody operating in this space by themselves. So network is huge. So what I do for that is I, you know, for the past year or so, everything's been online since the pandemic. So I spend a lot of time networking on online meetups, uh, chat rooms, kind of Slack channels, things like that for multifamily investing, social media. So lots of people are doing this and everyone's looking for a partner. So you don't just want to partner up with somebody you don't know. So it's, it's key building those relationships. Uh, So there's, there's many different areas of the multifamily business acquisitions. What you're talking about is definitely a key area. And some people focus on that generally, generally on a, a team of you know a multi-family business there's multiple hats to wear and that acquisition side is one of those hats so that's that's not my area of expertise i'm more into the uh the investor relations side of things so i try to network with folks that are putting deals together and i hope to bring other investors into those deals
0: i hear you And, you know, of course, living in California, uh, known for high prices, high cost of living, do you see more value in like nearby real estate or do you distance invest often?
1: Yeah. So I don't, I don't invest in California. It's for our strategy. it, It just doesn't work. The numbers, you know, people are obviously making money off of investing in real estate here in California, but it's, it's different for, for the business plan that we have, we focus on a value add strategy kind of sim- similar to what we were talking about earlier with the uh, forced appreciation yep. and it's just much harder to find properties that will work here so we focus on the south and the southeast so currently invested in the Dallas area and in the Mobile Alabama area <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah it's it's a great market diverse jobs and in the right direction
0: so out of curiosity when you do these distance rentals living so you know 2,000 miles away what do you think the hardest part about maintaining that to your standard is or getting it up to up to shape
1: right so yeah great question so there's a few ways to remedy that so we of course we work with uh, local vetted well-respected on-site property management teams third-party property management teams so that's the the most important part and again it it comes down to relationships and i mentioned it's a team game so we've got we've got other partners who are part of the deal who live in the south and they're much closer to the property than of course i am Mm -hmm. and they do play a critical role in that oversight that asset management ensuring that the business plan is being operated to our standard. So yeah, that, that third party property management. And then of course it's a major bonus if you have somebody within, you know, a a couple hours drive of the property.
0: Yeah. I I keep hearing you go back to that thing of networking. It's all about who, you know.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah. I've, yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's, it's really changed my whole outlook, just trying to expand my, my network Mm -hmm. and surround myself with people who are doing what I'm doing or can, you know, I can provide value for them in some way, or they can, you know, solve a problem I'm trying to, I'm having, I'm trying to fix. So the more I get out, the more people I meet, the more, the more good things start to happen to me.
0: I hear you. And just out of curiosity, you know, at what point were you able to you know step away from the day-to-day management of the properties or at what, Or has it always been something you've let other people handle?
1: Yeah, so that's the asset management side of things is another major area of the property. And, And as mentioned, it's a team sport. So there are people on the team that specifically focus on the asset management side of the business. So, again, I focus mostly on bringing people to these deals and educating people about investing in apartments and large multifamily properties and syndications. And then there's the people whose job it is just to oversee that property management. And that's, that's one reason why investing in multifamily is so, so efficient because you have people specializing. It's not just, uh, you know, it's not just one person doing everything, we, which can be easier in smaller properties, but, you've got people who specialize in certain areas who are dedicating all of their time and they're talented in these areas with all the time, dedication to that specific area. So it, it tends to be very efficient.
0: I hear you on that. So, you know, you talked a lot about investor relations. So when you're bringing investors to these deals, you know, what, what are you personally looking for and who to bring in and who to talk to?
1: Yeah. So, so typically in, in these apartment syndications, there is a, a minimum investment of $50,000 for the passive investors. So of course there is a bit of a barrier. You know, we, you can't, we don't want somebody that just has, you know, $55,000 to their name because, you know, that's just not a responsible move to to put that much money, that large of a percentage into, your, into one investment, you know, such as this. So we're looking for folks who, are either high income or high net worth generally tends to fall into a couple general categories. You know, the retirees, the people who are sitting on a, a bit of a nest egg and want to earn some more passive income with their money or the high income, busy professionals, the people who have good money coming in, they love their jobs, but they don't want to spend the time learning how to be a real estate investor. So they give their money to us and we manage the properties for them essentially.
0: And you offer that through the Azmuth Capital Group?
1: That's correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I have a number of partners I work with and we're all kind of doing the same thing. We're all passionate about this. We all started off as passive investors and we didn't know about it, of course, prior to doing it and it's just a great way it's a great alternative investment if you want to diversify out and get some get some cash flow so we're all passionate about it we believe in it and our mission is to spread the love and you know educate as many people as we can
0: I help others become financially independent while you do the same
1: exactly yeah as i keep saying it's a team game so you know we we have a lot of great opportunities, but it costs money and, you know, it's a mutually beneficial relationship. So we need other people's money, but we're also going to make you a return. It's, you know, it's, it's great. Love it.
0: I hear you. Not Nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah. So you plan on stepping away in 2025, correct? When the plant closes.
1: Yeah, that's the goal. So I'd ideally like to slip away prior to that. Um, I think, you know, as I mentioned, my original plan is 2025, but the more I've started doing this, the more involved I get with this on the side, the more I want to do it sooner because, you know, I'm as I get more involved, I start, you know, everything in my business is coming together and it's, it all seems like it's within reach, but it's still, uh, you know, the numbers have to be there for me to be able to retire. So on my, based on my goals, you know, we'll see what happens if it happens prior to 2025. But um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's tough to, I'll back up a bit. So one of the biggest problems I have with my, you know, working and then having my business on the side is oftentimes I get really focused on my side business, which is becoming more and more a big part of my life. So it's, mm-hmm. but I still have that obligation to do a great job at the power plant. And, you know, I, I love my job out there. Uh, I need to do well, but also it's closing down. So that's the tight rope we walk out there. Everybody's in the same boat. So it's it, it's uh, a bit complicated sometimes it feels.
0: <laughs> yeah, unfortunately it's not just a magic number or a magic button you can press.
1: Right, definitely not.
0: (laughs) So just out of curiosity, you know, where do you see yourself when you become financially independent? What does the day to day look like? What gets you out of bed in the morning?
1: Yeah. That's a great question. And I actually think about that a lot. It used to be it used to be just not working. Like I just I don't want to have to work, but I think I quickly realized that I have to be doing something. So I see myself just continuing to grow this business. Once I'm free from my W2 job, I see myself continuing to grow this and like to travel around the world with my family. I have three young kids. I'm a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a four-month-old. So I want to grind now. So when they're old enough to travel, we can travel the world. I don't want to just take these two two-week, two-week vacation a year. I want to be able to go away for long periods of time, I want to be able to spend money on things that will create lifelong memories. I'm not so much into the, the material objects. Uh, the reason why I want the money is, you know, experiences cost money. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's unfortunate, but to do some of the really amazing things, you need to have a lot of money. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a billionaire or anything. You know, if it happens, it happens. Of course, I'm not going to be upset about it, but... Amen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, really I'm doing everything for my family just to have the freedom to live our lives on our own terms.
0: It's really great to hear from someone, you know, who's well on the, the fire track and doing it for more than just the not work reason.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I think um, there was a time in life when I was really attached to buying things and it's just not a healthy way to live. I realized that the less detached I can become from sp- Spending money or the less money I have to spend, the quicker I can get to my freedom goal, (laughs) my fire number. And, you know, I, I I think it's just a healthy way to be, of course, you know, some of the finer things in in life, the nicer purchases are on my mind down the road when the time's right. But, uh, that's when the time is right. So that's, that's not for a long time. First off, let's, let's get financially free.
0: Very true. So I guess going back to your Azmuth Capital, I know you said you take investor funds. Um, do you offer any kind of education or mentorship services?
1: So we don't do any mentorship, but um, what we do, what I, what I do, I, I set up calls with people and this kind of just by nature, I have to do a good amount of educating and I run a I run an online meetup and... I'm actually going to be getting my podcast off the ground here as well. So maybe we can talk about some lessons learned offline sometime, but um, yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of education that goes into this and that's the biggest barrier to entry, I'd say for, you know, getting people to believe in it because it does at first kind of sounds kind of snake oily and it's uh and I get that because I was the same way. So I totally get it when people are a little hesitant. Um, but that's part of the, you know, that's that's my challenge. That's I don't blame anybody else for not believing in it. So it's it's all about building up the relationship and building trust and building rapport, keeping people in tune with what I'm doing. So that's uh, you know, it getting this thing off the ground, not too many people were interested. A lot of people say, Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna. I don't think I want to invest right now but I'll I'll keep an eye on what you're doing and I totally get it. That's a that's a great thing to do because I wouldn't want anybody investing with me that didn't fully trust me. So I totally understand. So yeah, that's that's kind of on the education side. I do have a couple couple things on my website kind of how it works section where you can go and get a couple uh, little tutorial. I've got a couple of articles on my website that explain things
0: On the subject of your website, uh, where can we find you online? What's that website?
1: Yeah, so my website is www.azmuthcapitalre.com. That's A Z I M U T H Capital, C A P I T A L R E, as in real estate.com. And also, I'm, uh, I'm on Facebook, just my name, John Pearl, J O H N P E A R L, and LinkedIn, also, same thing.
0: And I'll make sure to link all those in the show notes for this episode. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming on today, John. Really appreciated talking with you.
1: Thank you very much, Joseph. Appreciate it.